Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 11, Episode 20 of 7th Heaven. The title is, Nothing Says Lovin' Like Something From The Oven. The IMDb user synopsis is, Eric tries to reassure T-Bone there is no reason to move out. Ruthie doesn't hate him, and her spending much time with Martin doesn't have to mean anything. Then a surprise takes priority. Dentist Theodore Allen Al Bonaducci rides on by Harley and assures T-Bone Jr. that was his nickname as a youngster. His ma just told him in Vegas he's the kid's father. Alas, 17 years too late, and ma's an incurable liar. Dr. Jonathan Sanderson proposes to elated Sandy for marriage after her graduation in a year. She promises Lucy she can delay that now Kevin and she have decided to accept the Crossroads Parish. Mac is in Margreth's kissing grace. Jane assures T-Bone that Martin is not into Ruthie but with her, yet Martin also accepts a serious talk with Sandy. Only when Ruthie hears T-Bone accepts to go away a whole summer with his dad, she tells her dad she hates their breakup. What was your first impression? Um, everything's all messed up. Like, I thought the point of the last episode was to, like, kind of set us up for the rest of the season. Like, okay, Martin and Ruthie are going to be together. There's no Mac and Margaret. There's no Jane and Martin. There's no Ruthie and T-Bone, and everything just moves forward. But now they're, like, everybody is getting back together, and they're everybody's all mixed up with each other again. And I feel like they're, I don't know what... I mean, we know Seventh Heaven. They're not going to be able to clear this up in any, like, believable or good manner for the last two episodes. So I'm just kind of upset that they didn't just, you know, like, give us some wholehearted family fun for the last three episodes. But instead we have all this, like, <clears throat> mess- Drama. Yeah. This is, like, messed up stuff. Though I do have to say the, the like, idea... So the way that they did this episode is they told it from meals. Like, they told each story... Like, they th- not each storyline. They told it by breaking it up into meals. And I thought that was clever. It didn't really add anything to the episode, but it was clever. And I th- yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it started where, like, it ended where it started, yes, right? It was yes. like late night snacks was the first one, and then it was the last one. It was so. supposed to come full circle. I guess it was 24, yeah. like, this whole thing was supposed to take place over, like, 24 hours, I think. Um so the cold open is extremely long for what is just one point. Um, it's just a very long conversation between T-Bone and the Rev. And it was like the synopsis said, it's just like T-Bone is like, I have to move out. It's so weird living here because Ruthie is going to see Martin all the time and she hates me and I shouldn't live here with my ex-girlfriend. And the Rev is like, you really don't need to move out. And that's the whole conversation. Also, the Rev and almost everyone is convinced that Ruthie and T-Bone are going to get back together, which is frankly ridiculous in my eyes, because does nobody rem- nobody remember how much Ruthie was hung up on Martin for, like... Ever. Yeah. And now he's showing some interest, so she's presumably excited. Um, but the episode... Because she's got the tattoo. That's the... Yeah. They're eventually going to end up together. That's stupid. Tattoo shouldn't bind you. Um... Not like a soul mark or something. Uh, so, what was I saying? Oh, and then the somebody knocks it. Like we, they hear a motorcycle. Uh, it's like nobody that they know has a motorcycle. And then we see Al Bonaducci, who is played by someone who's famous, Diedrich yeah. Bader. Uh, he uh, he was in like a bunch of movies, like Miss, Conge- Miss Congeniality, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, but he's also like did a lot of voice acting 
because he has a very distinguishable voice, but like he voice acted for Bojack Horseman, for Avengers Assemble, some Spider-Man stuff. Uh, but I recognized him from Veep and from... The Drew Carey show. Yeah, and he was also, he's also the husband of American Housewife, which I think got canceled recently, or it, I don't know. No. It was a show on one of the... Isn't that what that woman... <laughs> yes. The, the woman who played the American Housewife and this guy. Yeah, um, I think he was on ABC. Yeah, yeah, ABC. That's it. So he walks in and he claims to be T Bone's father, and then that's the big, and then I think yeah, that's so it. that's the I don't know. So we'll, I guess we'll start with I think this happens like as soon as you come back from a cold open. Sandy, you see Sandy, and Jonathan Sanderson, her new boyfriend, who I think we've seen on screen maybe twice before. Yeah. We've had previous, like, but we've had a little, you know, Sandy has, like, strung us along and been like, we talk all, like, all the time, and I don't know. So anyway, she's not known this guy very long, but they get engaged, and it's very, it's not a very exciting, memorable engagement. Um, He's just like, I I don't even know, he's just like, hey, do you want to marry me? Like, just in the middle of, yeah. Well, he says, like, I love taking care of this and spending time with you and then eventually marrying you. Like, he slips that in. And then she's like, did you just say marry me? And then he properly proposes. Uh, they are planning to get married in a year from when he's proposed because that's when she'll be done with her graduate degree. Whatever she's doing. And, um, but like, they're going to be together. But also there's like a little like twist in the mix in that he's going away to Appalachia for a month to be a volunteer doctor yeah. question. And maybe that I, I think they had to put that in for like there's a purpose for that. He's gonna, he's like he's gonna be missing from so, like an episode or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, or like it's gonna be the reason why they break. I don't know, but that happens. She's like like I personally think this is good for her. I think she should not be with Martin. I don't think she should be anywhere near Martin. And I'm glad that she has what seems to be, like, a good relationship. I think it's happening way too fast. This man is, like, a cardboard cutout, though. Yes. <laughs> he has no... Per- like like I said, he's appeared on screen maybe twice, and we know nothing about him other than, like, he's a doctor, and he's, like, in love with Sandy. That's his... Ba- like, that's his story right right now. That's his backstory. And he looks like every every person... Like, every, like, a conglomeration of what people thought was hot in 2007. Like, the, like, darker hair, spiked up, like, hair, and, like, kind of, like, chiseled jaw. But, like, that's... But he's... I don't know. He's just a young professional. Yeah, he's just a young professional. Uh, uh, but... And he speaks without opening his yeah. mouth for some reason. Or sometimes just... His teeth are just always so closed. Every, yeah, everything he says, he mumbles. Um... So I don't really see this. Oh, and I think it is worth noting in light of what happens at the end of the episode that Sandy's like, they're like not going to have sex until they get married. And this guy's like, well, it's only 12 months. And he's like, and I understand why you want to wait after what you've been through. And So he seems to be a good thing for her, but obviously good things don't continue to happen in Sandy's life. Poor Sandy. (laughs) Um, And in her haste to tell... Every like somebody the good news, she ends up at uh, the King Kirk residence, uh, which brings us kind of into. Well, she takes that time for some reason to she she's on the phone, right? So Lucy and Kevin are sitting down ready to eat, and we just have Sandy in the kitchen on the phone with Martin, and it's just one like Martin doesn't appear in this episode, no. and it's just like her yelling things at Martin about how he's like immature and he can't tell her 
what to do and she's going to marry Jonathan Sanderson and he can't tell her what to do and like we're not going to get we're not going to be together and basically he's just like well we have a son together so you can't get married to anyone else but me um even though they decided they don't want to marry each other and her storyline basically ends with she leaves a note for the Kinkirk saying she's going to go meet up with Martin cuz they want to talk in person and then we next see her like coming what, home from that it's like late night snack yeah. again and um, it's weird to say late night snack now that it's snack. Late night snack is not just going to be an innuendo. Said, uh, I know. Um, especially <laughs> she, snack has. She comes back from her late, late night, night snack. snack. Exactly. Uh, and she's like, oh, what? Oh, she's, she's talking yeah, to the baby and she's like, oh, what did like mommy do? Like what's wrong with me basically? So I think, I don't know. Something I happened. guess like, I, I don't know if they're like, the implication is like she had sex with Martin or like, I don't know. Martin is playing everybody. We'll get to that. Um, we're just going to quickly talk about... Because Lucy and Kevin have, like, very minimal role in this episode. It's literally just they're, like, having sex all the time yeah. to try to get pregnant again. That's, That's their storyline. Um, and... I That's... Cut- they walk away from the dinner to go have sex while Sa- Sandy is, like, standing in their kitchen. Yes. And the other thing is that now Lucy wants to move to Crossroads. Like, she's made up her mind. But now that they're actively trying to have a baby, Kevin says no because he doesn't want to be far away from everybody that they know if she goes into labor. Uh, so there's that dynamic as well. Um, so next we'll go to, I guess, like, the, they don't really have a storyline, but we just should just mention it. Uh, Mac and Margaret are together. Again. I don't know, but they're still fighting over the plagiarism. But, but they're, like, kissing. It's stupid. I don't know. Yeah, and I hated it. It's, um, they're, I don't know. I think they're just trying to tie everything up in a neat package, but they don't really need to put Mac and Margaret together. Nobody's inve- nobody cares if the series ended and I didn't if they were not in the next like two episodes, I would not notice and I would not care. Um and then that brings us to what is basically like the bulk of this episode is this kind of like it Martin is really a very pivotal character in this episode for it's someone who appear. just does not appear. So what we're told from the beginning is that Ruthie and Martin are seeing each other every single night, and this is plaguing um, T-Bone. But then immediately after the cold open, or like right, like somewhere there, we see that Jane is also coming back from a late night date. And when Matt questions her about that, we find out that Jane is also with Martin. Um, the way that... So I think this, like, it's revealed, because I don't know, I think we're left to think that somebody is... Like, either Jane or Ruthie is lying. And I think that they want you to believe that it's Ruthie that's lying um, for some reason. But then, at a certain point, this, like, is revealed to, I don't know, Sandy and Lucy are having a conversation. And then yeah. they're like, oh, well. It's Sandy it's and Kevin. Oh. And they realize, they're like, well, one of them is lying. Um, but then we find out no one is lying. So what's been happening is uh, Martin goes out with Ruthie, like, earlier in the evening when it's more acceptable because she's in high school. And then as soon as he drops Ruthie off, he then meets up with Jane after she gets off her dairy. For late night snack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, like, make out for hours, question mark. But he's telling both of the girls that his time with the other girl is a just friend kind of situation. So it's Martin who is, like, just playing everybody. Yeah. Like, Ruthie and Jane are telling the truth about actually going out with Martin. But Martin is the one who is lying to them about what the nature of the relationship with the other is. So Jane finds out first that um, Ruthie 
is like that Ruthie and Martin might have something more than friends going on. And this is because T-Bone is spending a lot of time at the three apartment. Yeah. yeah the, Mac, the, Margaret and Jean's apartment. apartment. Yeah. The MJM apartment. Um, and he, so he's like, Oh, I'm just so upset about Ruthie. Like, Oh, her, her and Martin are real. And Jean's like, what are you talking about? They're just friends. But then she gets, she finds out like, Oh shit. And then we also have this weird exchange where like, Ruthie still thinks that Mac is into Jane um, until, like, everybody gets together and Jane's like, I have some... Well, okay, there's also a weird thing where Jane comes over to the Camden house and, like, Annie gives her advice about who she's really in love with. And I was like, oh, she's not in love with Martin. She's in love with someone else. And it turns out to be potentially maybe T-Bone. I don't know. Everybody's, like, really mixed up. Like, Jane is going out with Martin, but then kissed T-Bone on the cheek at the end of the episode. Um, Ruthie is going out with Martin, but then is mad at her father because... For telling T-Bone to break up with her, yeah. Uh, Mac and Margaret were not together, now are together. Martin is kissing everyone, and also maybe kissing Sandy, too, who is engaged to someone else. It. This is a party of five. It's supposed to be seventh heaven. Um... <clears throat> But basically, like, the conclusion of this kind of, like, weird, convoluted plot Nobody line knows what's going on. Is nobody, yeah, and also that Jane comes clean to Ruthie, because I think that's a really good thing to do. I feel like Jane... And I think this would have been an opportunity, but this I also found is, like, out of character for yes, Jane. Because, yes. like, Jane would absolutely take this information and be, like, a total bitch. And yes. just be like, eh, he likes me, you suck, you're, like, just your child. He, so... Yeah, and it's completely out of character, I completely agree. yeah. Um, but the main, well, this is... And also, the last time, like, we said that Martin's character drastically changed in, like, this last season, but, uh, Martin has been, like, intensely fixated, uh, in this season on, like, having sex, and I feel like that would have been, like, a thing that, like, I don't know, Jane would be like, oh, well, I'll have sex with Martin, but, I don't know, speculating. Um... Yeah, I feel like they've made her character in a way that she wouldn't have an issue having sex. But she's been such a bitch to everyone from the start. There's no... Like, I don't know when in this season she has, like, changed and now she's, yeah. like, friends with people. Because for... It didn't... It wasn't, like, a progressive, like, relationship building. It seems to just have, have happened, like, overnight. Yes, agree. She was not ever nice to anyone. Not even Margaret, who was supposed to be, like, her only friend. And now she's, like... I don't know. Um... Yeah, she's, she's, like, like sitting down and talking with Mac and giving him advice and, like, you know, having this conversation with Ruthie in a kind of, I think it was, like, a delicate way, particularly. And I think that Ruthie's reaction was not what her character, like, what I would anticipate her character to react to. Because I could see her being like, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and so, yeah, we don't know. We really, I would, like, I'm with Ruthie just getting mad at the Rev because T-Bone is basically lost to her forever now. Um but what we get to is, why is T-Bone lost forever? This is the big storyline, I guess. Uh, so, T-Bone's dad... Well, first of all, no, Annie and uh, T-Bone do not believe that T-Bone's dad is T-Bone's dad. Because it is a ridiculous story yes. that he has, and that he was immediately prior to like the, the timeline of this episode, he was in Vegas, and he was at a bar, and he ran into T-Bone's mother, and T-Bone's mother was like... I had sex with you 17 or 18 years ago in Vegas. Oh, my God, you are my son's father. And this man was like, 
Sounds sounds about right. Okay, yes, I must go find my son. Um, the more we find out about T-Bone's dad, I mean, he first presents himself to be this, like, like motorcycle riding, leather jacket wearing, like, bad boy type. Well, we know he's, he's T-Bone Sr., so, like, I guess, like, you know, he's, like, a badass. That's how he got the name T-Bone, but, but he's not. But he's not. We find out he's a dentist, that he, his, like, big adventurous thing was this uh, cross-country road trip he did with his friends, like, when he graduated college, and the one major thing he did was have sex with... T-Bone's mother, but since then he's been a dentist, he's been in like what is meant like so meant to be like a committed relationship with this woman who has broken off their wedding because he's not fun enough, and so he, like in a way, as a way of like getting, he had a midlife crisis, so he bought a Harley and drove across country again. Yeah. Um, and then he discovered his son. And I don't know, so T-Bone is, like, obviously not into this, and he's like, I don't even believe you're my father, please leave, I do not want anything to do with you. And then this man tells T-Bone this whole story about, like, I don't know, how his life is not what he thought it would be or whatever, and he's like, now I want to get to know my son, and he's like, this summer I want to, like, once school is over, I want, like, we should take a cross-country road trip so, like, I can get to know you or whatever, and this is why T-Bone is going to be lost and gone forever, because he is after apparently he has plans that after school ends he because and we don't ever see him acknowledge this but after yeah. resisting this man being his father the entire episode at the end Ruthie is like he's leaving after school is over to go on this road trip and he's not coming back and I was like when did he change his mind because I didn't get the impression that that was those were his plans so I think we're supposed to gather that like the implication is that because uh, Al Bonaducci has like, oh, I have left my DNA with a doctor for a paternity test, which you can just complete. And look, I'll let you like look at my references, and you can do my fingerprints and all that shit, so you know I'm not some random criminal. But like, I, you know, like I want to spend time with you, blah, blah blah. And I guess he changed his mind. In the background, we have the Rev, who very staunchly does believe that this is T Bone's father, and Annie, who is kind of having like a weird case of crazy in that she's like all my kids have left me so i must keep this one <laughs> and and like tries to make a lot of food to like get she's gonna interrogate al but then he leaves without getting interrogated and it's this whole thing but yeah um aaron brought up a really good point as to why this is completely implausible take the floor aaron what, which, what was it? Oh, was it the fact that she was like, there's a stranger in the garage apartment and that's the entire premise of this show? No. Is that there's always a stranger in the garage that, yes. apartment? Uh, no, it was that, like, it, so we're, I mean, they don't say it out loud, but we're led to believe that T-Bone's oh, mother Oh, yeah, is she's, a, she's a, yeah, T-Bone's mother is a sex worker. Like, that's what the implication has been. And the, you know, and T-Bone knows it and everybody knows it and she's pretending to be a hotel manager. So, I don't know, uh, like, a whole, like, a whole lot about sex work, but I think that if she was like if this was her job that she would be taking like be proactive about preventing pregnancy and T-Bone would not have ever been born yeah like the fact like i don't know that's just hurting your employment prospects for like 9 months at least yes exactly <laughs> Um, so, yeah, would it, I mean, unless, and the thing is, she's not the type of, like, she's not been shown to be the type of person who had a change of heart because she had a child because she Mm -hmm. just left her child. Right, because she has continued to be a sex worker through present, like, so, that's, I don't know, it's not, not plausible. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really the episode. Clearly it is insanely flawed, 
but also it doesn't make any sense. And it's also needlessly, like... I can't wait for Martin to appear on screen again. We've been hearing so much about all of his activities, and we haven't seen him. But I feel like it's needlessly getting a lot more convoluted for what is the last two episodes of the season. Right, there is a lot to wrap up, and there's not that much time. Um, so what would you rate it? Uh, hmm. I'll give it a 2.5. The mystery of whatever Martin is up to. Yeah, I actually thought, even though it was, like, like, it's really getting, like, weird and everybody's, like, kind of tangled together, it was kind of entertaining. So I think I'd give it, I'll give it a 4. And also, for Haley Duff's incredible one-sided phone conversation where she's supposed to be yelling at Martin, it was really some prime acting. Um, so we have two episodes left. I think this is probably going to be a two-part finale. Um, and you can come listen to that. Uh, we'll have that posted on Wednesdays and Saturdays, as always, on the iTunes Apple Podcast app on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast or on the Stitcher. And you can search, search us on the Stitcher. <laughs> did you say Apple iTunes Podcast Yes, app? I did. Okay. Um, and you can also check out our social media, facebook.com slash CamdenCast. We are at CamdenCast Show on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can email us, CamdenCast at gmail.com. I'm Tanby. I'm Erin. And this is CamdenCast. Cast. Oh.